Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Talk for today, Thursday, January 7th, 2011. It's MPM Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. You know, I'll take your calls anytime during the show at 1-646-381-4860 or email me your questions at info at stewthewineguru.com. You can also go into my chat room here on the show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts or tweet me any questions you like at stewthewineguru on Twitter and I'll read them live on the show. I want to say thanks to all the listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the internet. Now, if you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, the videos, the articles, and all the TV shows that I'm currently a part of. Speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo and The Examiner, 
just to name a few, so look for those as well. And all my wine articles are now available on any smartphone. Just download the Hello Vino app, and you can take my wine reviews and articles with you anywhere you go. I've also made a Wine 101 video series that can be viewed on YouTube, my website, just about any industry portal. So check those out. My latest video is on the wines of South Africa, and I highlight the Sauvignon Blanc of a fantastic new vintner named Seven Springs from the Hermanus West Cape Town area. Check it out. It's a great new Sauvignon Blanc. Hey, hi, this is uh, John Ratzenberger. When I'm not doing voiceovers for movies or doing commercials, I'm listening to Stu the Wine Guru. I suggest you do the same. No actual celebrities were used in the making of this promo, only celebrity impersonators. Yeah, hi, this is Tony Danza. You listen to Stu the Wine Guru. He's not bad. I listen to him every once in a while, you know. Drink a Tuscan Red, try to take down the edge. Pretty good. I like them. Not bad. Stu the Wine Guru's Top Chefs of the Nation. So tonight is part of my Top Chefs of the Nation series. My guest is an executive chef working for a restaurant in a historical hotel. He is by definition, a molecular gastronomist. I know it's a big word. He is the highly accomplished protege of Chef Eric Repair and Chef Frank Maragos. He's a French cuisine phenom. The name of the fantastic restaurant he gets to create masterpieces in is Le Scalier in the historic The Breakers Hotel in Palm Beach. The name of this incredible chef is Greg Vassos, and he'll be joining us shortly. Of course, the number to call in, 1-646-381-4860. Or, you know, if you're shy and you prefer the computer, email me your questions for both Chef Bassos and I uh, to info at stewthewineguru.com. Or, of course, you can tweet me your questions to at stewthewineguru on Twitter. As always, I'll read them live here on the show. I've opened a chat room for the listeners to go into and chat. You can also ask questions of Chef Vassos or myself, and I'll check into the chat room live periodically during the show to get answers for you. Hey, this is Sly Stallone. You're listening to Stu the Wine Guru on blogtalkradio.com. When I'm out making action pictures, I'm listening too. Right now, I'm sipping on a nice Tuscan Red. No actual celebrities were used in the making of this promo. Only celebrity impersonators. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Either. Okay, I know I haven't been in a movie in a while. I got it. It's okay. I've embraced it. But when I'm not being either, I'm listening to Stu, the wine guru. Scott, you'll get your turn, okay? <laughs> No actual celebrities were used in the making of this promo, just celebrity impersonators. So, but first up, I want to thank the listeners who are following me on Twitter. I love social media. I can talk directly to my listeners and my guests alike, and I am enjoying the immediacy of the medium. I like that ability to give updates in real time. You know, my guests are doing the same to promote the show, so 
thanks to Twitter and social media. Some show notes. My next TV appearance will be on January 14th. I will appear on NBC's South Florida Today to discuss my radio show, wine and food, and upcoming events. And I'll be a media sponsor for the Key West Wine and Food Festival, just one of the ones that I'll be uh, a sponsor for. So fire up your DVRs and don't miss it. Next up, I'll be appearing on CNBC, the world hit show, Wine Portfolio, with host Jody Ness. Uh, they came down here to Miami to have me show them the best places for wine and food. Uh, this episode will air late this month or early February. And I'll also be a guest on Emmy Award-winning PBS show, Check Please, South Florida. I'll be kicking off its fifth season, so check your local listings for that. And I have to tell you, everyone, I cannot wait for you to see these shows. Uh, they were phenomenal to, to tape and be a part of. There will be more TV appearances coming up, and I'll let you know via this radio show and Twitter as they happen. Also, I'll be narrating a promotional digital video for multiple Napa Valley wineries, uh, so I'll let you know when that's complete. For all of you wanting to know what events, as I alluded to earlier, I'll be attending so you can meet up with me like my tweets do on Twitter. January 27th through the 30th, I'll be a media sponsor covering the second annual Key West Food and Wine Festival. So I urge you to come down, eat some great food, experience, of course, Key West in its beauty, drink some great wine, and be sure to find me and say hi because I'll be around. You'll be able to find me. February 23rd through the 27th, I'll be covering the 10th annual Food Network South Beach Wine and Food Festival. Now, this is like the event to be at uh, if you want to meet and see all the, the great, cool chefs and who's who of the wine industry, and of course, including me. So, come over, say hi, uh, don't be a stranger. March 18th through the 20th, I'll be reporting on the Boca Bacanal event. Lots of good stuff happening the first few months of this year. So uh, that's the schedule so far. Of course, keep listening here, and I'll keep you posted. Since I'm a media sponsor for the Key West Food and Wine Festival, I've worked out a great deal for my listeners. You can now purchase VIP passes and receive a 20% discount. And there's other great uh, discounts and um, things for tickets that you'll be able to get. So all you have to do is use the code STWG during the checkout process. Keep listening in for more information about it. Follow me on Twitter or go to my webpage at www.stewthewineguru.com and you'll get all the information. Remember, if you have questions, I have answers. So call me at 1-646-381-4860 or email me at info at com. You can also get into the chat room and voice your opinion with some other great wine enthusiasts. Let me make sure that everyone listening knows Chef Vasos' website and can go there for more information about him. To learn more about Chef Vasos, go to www.thebreakers.com and then click Restaurants and then click L'Escalier to find out about him, the restaurant, and much, much more. So without further wait, I want to bring on my guest for the evening, the acclaimed, famed, uh, how many superlatives can I use? Chef Vasos, I want to welcome you to the show. Chef, how are you? Hi, Stu. How are you? Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. I am fantastic tonight, and uh, uh, I'm raring to go. I've got tweeted questions coming through. I've got questions of my own. Just to let you know how this works, uh, I have my own questions. I have the tweeted questions that come through. I have email questions that come through as we speak. And then, of course, I have the great people in the chat room who will be asking questions Left and right. So, Great. 
kick back, get ready for some fun, and just uh, enjoy yourself. Sure, great. So let me ask you, uh, let's see, my first question is, what is your fondest, earliest memory in the kitchen? Um, I guess the earliest memory in the kitchen um, is my grandmother. My grandmother, she was kind of like a, uh, a Julia Child growing up, you know, she always saved a lot of bones and things like that and making stocks and stuff like that. So I guess my earliest memory is really watching her. And then she'd always make these really big dinners and everything like that. And it was always it was always a joy going there, um, visiting and eating. And so I'd say that was really my earliest memory of you know, food. Now, where was there? Um, that would be in Long Island, New York. Long Island. Long yeah. Island. Long Island. <laughs> Long Island. What part? Uh, Huntington. Huntington, okay, yeah. gotcha. Because you got to realize, uh, I'm a New Yorker, oh, okay. uh, born and raised. Yeah, and uh, wife's from the island too. She's from uh, West Islip, so you know, Very nice. know the area well. Very good. Uh, yeah. So, 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 Grandma, and and the, you know, not unusual for chefs. I have to tell you, some of the chefs that I've had on, most of the time, it's usually either uh, Grandma or Mom that's uh, taught right. them how to right. cook. So, uh, you know. Not off the beaten track there. Um, I'm going to bounce around here just so you know. That's sure. kind of the way I roll here. So I'm going to ask you questions from the ones that I have and maybe some email questions as they come in, which are coming in fast and furious, and let me get to an email question for you. So the first one up is from Anderhus30 from Amsterdam, uh, Netherlands, and it says, Stu, great series. I'm a chef here in Amsterdam and love listening to your guests answer your questions about cooking. Um, is molecular gastronomy the only style that Chef Vassos likes to cook, or are there other styles? Thank you both. So I first want to thank Andrew Who's 30 from Amsterdam, Netherlands, for his question. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, we, we, we really do a combination. I, I don't like to focus completely on molecular gastronomy. Uh, we try really not to use that term um, too much because um, sometimes it's a little frightening or it's a big word to use. Um, so we really like to um, kind of a 50-50% combination of molecular gastronomy and um, you know food using French technique. So we like to use the molecular gastronomy more for enhancing dishes. Um, we don't want dishes to be um, a science project um, where everything is completely deconstructed on the plate. I mean, it's it's still food and it still has to taste good. Um, so we really use it to enhance, not not a hundred percent. Gotcha. Okay, and that makes makes kind of sense because you know then it becomes more. Um, I don't if it don't know if it becomes really like um, you know more show and and presentation than you know real taste and uh, you know. And, and palate pleasing. And right. Does you that make sense? To, yeah, you want it to you want it to really um come out in all the senses, you know. I mean food should be memorable, it should be exciting, it should taste good, it should it should be everywhere. It can't it can't just be a, a plate with a crazy presentation. Um, you know, it, flavor comes first before anything else, so Right, exactly. So let me go to another one here, because uh, 'cause they're they're coming in here. Um next one is from Naishi Chef from New Delhi, India, and it says, Stu, I very much enjoy your chef shows. I am a chef who is originally from Manhattan, New York, and moved to New Delhi. I'd like to ask Chef Vassos if he thinks ingredients that are indigenous to an area are more desirable than ones shipped in from other locales. 
I hope you have more chefs in 2011. Thank you, Stu. So first, let me just say this. For, thank you very much, Najee Chef from New Delhi, India, for uh, sending in your email question. And um, yes, I'm going to have many more chefs in 2011 because I love this Top Chef series. Uh, it's, it's fantastic, and uh, I'm going to broaden it out from Florida. So now, Chef? Um, I, th- I, th- I think both are very important. I think right now, um, uh, food in the U.S., everything's, every, everybody's trying to get more local. Um, so I, I think I think that's important, and I think it's you know to look beyond your horizons as well. Um, so especially with the food we do here at La Scalier, um, uh we want to do something a, a little bit different. So we we do bring a lot of um, spices, you know, whether it be grains of paradise from Africa or um, whatever it might be, um, you know, to um, to give people new experiences, new tastes. Um, you know, um, we really try to create food um, that is memorable or, um, you know, something that they've had before, um, but at the same time to bring it into new textures, new lights, um, and really, um, you know, give people a surprise, uh, reinvent something sure. for them. Um, so we, we we first always look local, um, and, and, and then secondhandly, we, we try to bring things from the outside. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm noticing a trend, and and tell me if you if you find find it so that um, a lot of chefs these days are trying to you know get as much locally because they want to support the, sure. uh, whatever's indigenous to the area and what you know local growers, local marketers, uh, and, and you know retailers, and um, you know I, I guess there's a, you know there's a definite importance to that. Sure. Uh, but you know, having said that, um, you know you want to be able to give Sometimes you want things that are a little bit more exotic that kind of give, uh, acquire a certain taste or you can attain a certain taste. And, you know, you just can't get it locally, so you have to, you know, kind of import it in, right? Exactly. Um, I mean, we do a New York strip, for example, and it's a, it's a play in a, in a poivre. Um, but instead sure. of using uh, peppercorns, we use Grains of Paradise, which is um, a type of peppercorn from Africa. It's uh, in the ginger family, so... Rather than having that harsh, peppery flavor, we bring out more of a floral flavor. But it still has the crunch and everything that of a traditional apoif does. Um, so that's nice. It's uh, you know, it's it's something that people have had, but it's it's new at the same time. Oh, absolutely, and it, you know, gives a, a, a different taste profile, which is sure. You know, I think what people like and enjoy when they come to a restaurant like yourself, where you are, um, you know, they they come to expect that. I would think. Um, so I'm going to go some tweeted questions that have come through here. Let's see. The Wine Hub from New York City, New York, tweeted, ask him if he thinks about the perfect wine pairing when he's creating a new dish. And then he says, cheers, Stu. Um, that, that's actually a really hard one. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I think that there's a dish that we're working on now that, that's really, um, that I'm really thinking about um, the wine pairing for, and uh, it's, it's a new beef dish that we're working on um, pairing with Zinfandel. Um, okay. So what we did, and um, we, you know, we've had uh, Virginia, our master uh, Sam involved in this as well. We, we've been really, uh, I've been researching uh, Zinfandel and flavor profiles of that, and you know what, what foods bring out, you know, more flavor in Zinfandel. So, um, you know, we've noticed that tomatoes, eggplant, things like that really um, tend to um, lift the flavor out of Zinfandel um, and and really Mm -hmm. showcase the wine. Um, So we've been looking at playing with with those ingredients with different textures. We're also um, looking to, um, you know, vineyards in California, you know, have Zinfandel and get wines here so that we can 
um, you know, take those vines, um, smoke them uh, with the meat, and then serve the same wine that the the vines came from. Um, so it's kind of built, built around the wine. Um, so I, I think that's that's really um, the first thing I'm really excited about. Uh, we do 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 some wine dinners uh, throughout the year that that we um, have vineyards come in and we uh, they supply the wines and we pair you know the the food with the wine. Um, so a little bit in reverse, but. This is this is one that I'm particularly excited about that we're, we're, that we're really trying to showcase the wine. It sounds great. I have to tell you right off the bat. I mean, I can I can literally vision it. Uh, I envision that exactly what it looks like. And and to me that that just sounds you know it's very um it's very um forward thinking. That's the, sure. that's what comes to mind. Um, let's see. I'm going to go to uh, a couple questions that I have. One more question I have here from. <laughs> I, I love this. You couldn't even come up with this if you. This is a great name, Sydney of Sydney. And guess where he's from? Sydney. Sydney, Australia. Absolutely. You Thank you. I, I don't have a prize for you, but uh, thanks for guessing. Uh, Stu, super show, mate. Uh, the chefs you get are top notch and very interesting. Tonight is no exception. Oh, there you go. Um, I'd like to ask Chef Vassos, what is the wildest combination of food elements he has ever combined, and what was the response he received from the patrons? Keep up the great work, Stu, and cheers to you both. That's a great question. I like that wow. question. The, the, that is um, the wildest combination. Um, I, I think it's probably our soup that we're doing right now. Um, it, it's it's a very unusual dish when you when you first read it and you first see it, and it's a um, it's a cauliflower velouté. Um, uh, being in La Scalier, you know, you think rich and luxurious. Um, for a soup, the first thing you wouldn't think of is um, cauliflower. Um, but uh, we make it luxurious in the way that we cook it. That we we actually cook the cauliflower um, in its own juice. Um, so there's there's no milk or anything added to it. Um, so it makes it okay. that much more powerful in flavor. Um, oh sure. The, the interesting part of the dish is that we pair it with chocolate. Um, so we looked at wow. cauliflower, and scientifically we looked at like cauliflower, and we looked at chocolate, and we noticed that they're really built of the same elements, um, and they make really a perfect pairing. Um, so, Interesting. um, we built a dish between, you know, between cauliflower and chocolate. So we have the cauliflower velouté with, um, textures of cocoa. We have a, a, a bitter, uh, cocoa gelée. We have, um, cocoa nib, um, and kind of a cocoa ganache and then different textures of cauliflower to go with it. So, um, that's probably the more interesting thing that we have right now. But, um, when you taste it, um, it makes sense, and between the creaminess of the cauliflower and the bitterness of the chocolate, it balances out quite nicely. It sounds, am- it sounds amazing. And you know what I have to say? I, 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 my hat off to you guys, because it's amazing to be able to take the components of something, break it down, and figure out how it works and why it works well with something else that no one would think of. You know, I, I, I tell you, it's, that's an art. That's definitely oh, an art you. form right there. Yeah. So I've got okay, some great questions coming here, um, and let me let me field this one. So James, the wine guy from San Francisco, California, uh, tweeted. Let's see, um, he tweeted a couple questions, but let me just go to this question. Sure. Um, favorite item to prepare and why? That's his question for you. Favorite item to prepare. Um, let's see here. Let's take that. Um, Right, it's more of a simple dish, but it's a very uh, luxurious dish that we have right now. Um, it's called the Whopper, and um, okay, you know, so you have the word foie and you have the word Whopper. Um, so um, it was. Kind of, I wanted to 
put something on the menu um, that was something everyone recognizes a Whopper and make it luxurious. Um, okay. So what we do is we have we have Hudson Belly foie gras, um, we have portobello confit, toasted brioche, um, a foie gras potato mousseline um, topped with lobster and candied orange, and then we um, serve a sauce perigot, which is a truffle sauce around it. Um, so it's it's one of those. It's just one of those dishes that you know um, that I consider kind of like a perfect bite. You know, the lobster, the foie, the wagyu beef um, with truffles. Um, you really can't awesome. go wrong. So I, I would say that's probably my yeah definitely favorite thing to prepare. <laughs> I'm getting my I'm salivating right now. I can't <laughs> you not. I'm drooling. Literally, I have to wipe my mouth right now. That sounded awesome. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna come up. Uh, very sometime very soon, and we'd love uh, to have you. And, and I'm gonna have you prepare that for me. That that particular one, because if that's your favorite thing to re- prepare, I want to <laughs> taste it. Sounds awesome. Um, so so let me and let me first let everybody know again. Listen, if you're gonna be anywhere near Palm Beach, even if you're gonna be in South Florida, it behooves you to take the trip and go to the Breakers. First and foremost, the Breakers is an amazing hotel. Uh, I was lucky enough to have my um, my honeymoon. I started my honeymoon there and then traveled to Europe. Um, wow. But I spent the weekend. Yes, I did. And I spent the weekend seven years ago uh, with my wife. And it was w- one of the best experiences. And, and I have to say I've been there multiple times. But um, but I've, I've actually been to La Scalier, but then it was seven years ago. Right. Um, and uh, and I had such a wonderful experience, and I, I urge anyone out there to definitely, when you're in this area and you're, you're traveling through, you have to stop. It's a must stop. You have to be there. Um, just the grounds itself, just to see the grounds itself is, and it's historical. It's been around over a hundred years now. Um, you know, as the breakers. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, if you look up the history when you go online to www.thebreakers.com, you'll see the history that it had burned down originally when it was built, and then rebuilt, and then burnt down again. And uh, so, but but the history is rich. Um, so many people have been there and 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 had been, had weddings there. I think, in fact, Brian Gumble was someone who got married at the uh, at the Breakers. Just just one name that pops in my head. Uh, so I highly recommend that. So, anyway, and what and by by telling people about this, by the way, uh, Chef, that a lot of people will go online and look at it, and they get questions sure. about uh, you, and of course the breakers and L'Escalier sure. while we're talking. So I'm going to go back to let's see some more tweeted questions. Uh, let's see from Charlie Olkin, by the way, who was a guest on my show before. He's a uh, he is like a wine. Um, I'll say he's like the wine expert of California, Napa Valley. He's written a book that's fantastic and tells you all about all the wineries and all that. But he has a question. He says, Chef, your menu and wine list range from light to full-flavored. Why do many young chefs shy away from tasty dishes and wines? Good question. Thank you, Charlie Olkin. Light and full-flavored, but uh, straight away from tasty dishes? Um yeah. He's saying, why do many young chefs shy away from tasty dishes and wines? I don't know. I guess maybe the combination of the two. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to read into his question. I yeah, guess. I, th- um, I think it goes uh, two ways. Um, I, I think at Lascali we have we have a very, um, very well balanced menu. Um, you know, like I said, we, tr- we try to combine. Um, you know, we try to use molecular gastronomy to enhance food. 
sure. so um at at the same time I think there's a lot of restaurants out there that um um uh, there's a lot of young creative chefs um you know trying to do a lot of crazy combinations um you know it was it's you know kind of been the big rave for the last um few years um so um i just think there's a lot of young ambitious people um but um we all, mm-hmm. here we always try to you know uh, remember that it, you know that it's food first and it should be tasty and when we when we do create a dish here um it, we we always we always make the dish in its simplicity so if it's an apoive we'll we'll actually cook a, a traditional apoive dish and then after that then we then we think about okay you know w- what new things can we put on here or how can we take those peppercorns and make it different and, and you know still make the same tasty dish um sure so um at Lascalier, that's what that's what we really try to do and then you have um you have other dishes like the flopper that we discussed for example that um has you know no molecular gastronomy or anything it's just it, it, it is a tasty dish um so um i think it's i think it's very important to have balance but there is a lot of um uh, young ambition going going around for sure most definitely so i'm going to grab one more tweeted question uh this is from Leslie B of Sonoma County and she says, what is your favorite food and wine pairing? Tricks. Interesting. Uh, also, most unusual pairing he's had recently. Wow. Um, <laughs> Remember, you know, I have a lot of people that are interested in both wine and food, so they're going to be sure. asking me questions <laughs> on those lines. I just want to let you know. <laughs> uh, no, I think be- the... We we have a we have a piki to, we have a piki to crab agnolotti on the menu um, and uh, I recently actually ate in Lascalier, um with with some other people and um, um, I had a Ziffindel with it and um, we had originally paired it with a white I'm not sure which one but um, the Ziffindel I thought um, was pretty was pretty amazing with it and it definitely it definitely surprised me um, the 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 Agnolotti dish it's uh, it's got mascarpone cheese it's got corn it's got pumpkin yolky truffle foam um, it, it was um it, it was just, it was just very it was it was a very unique pairing that uh, that we had switched to and um it definitely surprised me um with with the pairings um that we've done in the past Lascalier with uh with Ziffindels um you know it was it, it was a lot more uh red meat than there was uh fish or you know light pasta buttery dishes so um sure, that was sure. probably the more interesting cool Interesting. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to some of my questions that I have for you because I got a bunch. Sure. Um, so it, it begs this question: Did you ever think of opening your own restaurant? Um, I always think about opening my own restaurant. It's okay. uh, it's, <laughs> it's it's always in the back of my mind. Um, at the um, it's it's something. Um, it's definitely a goal of mine. Um, to to have mm-hmm. my own place. Um. Um, at the moment, I feel um, very fortunate to to work here at the Breakers. It's a it's a great sure. property, a great restaurant. Um, so, but you know, at the same time, I think I think every chef has you know their their goal of having their own restaurant. You know, absolutely, absolutely. So, I, and and here's a question that I'm dying to know <laughs> because I'm a major major fan of this person. What was it like working with Eric Repair? Um, well, Eric, I worked for I worked with Eric for for a short period of time. Um, he was um, he's a he's a he's a very he's a very great person. He's a he's a funny individual. Um, um, he's um, he, he he's he, he's kind of hands on. Um, you know, he's he's at a, he's at another level now. So, um, but he's a he's a great a great person, a great chef. Um, he's 
his food is um it's simple but fantastic it makes sense um um he he made great sauces um um it, it was re- it was really great working for him yeah i can i can imagine and um i mean certainly being a protege um so so on tv i'm going to go to the uh you know the tv chefs and all that you know with the craze of that being right now big um what do you think of the whole tv chef craze and and if given the opportunity what type of show would you like to do oh gosh <laughs> I, well, I know my wife. Would love me, my wife would love me to go on Top Chef. <laughs> so, okay. um, I don't know. Uh, it's Top Chef, Iron Chef. I'd like to do Iron Chef. It's uh, the food here at L'Escalier is it, it's it's very complicated, and uh, a lot of those shows give very uh, short short amounts of time uh, to do those things. Um, so, uh, some things would be very hard to replicate and try to be true to myself. Um, but I, I think I could get away with some of it. So um, I would I would definitely consider, you know, a Top Chef or, or Iron Chef. Iron Chef would probably um, intrigue me a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. And then, and then you know, and then just one more question on that because I just wanted to know. So on TV, is there a chef you admire or you think is doing a great job? Is there one person that you go, you know what? He or she is really got – they're right on the money in what they're doing. On TV or or famous shows? Yeah, on TV. Or? Yeah, on TV. Just, I, just out of curiosity, please. Just someone you go, you know, I admire that person. I think they're doing a good job, a great job. I would Mario Batali. I think he's a he's a great chef, great Italian chef, and I've been fortunate enough mm-hmm. to to eat, to eat at one of uh, two of his restaurants in New York City. Uh, he's he's a very talented chef. Uh, very, everything I've had of his is phenomenal, and everything I see him prepare is it's very traditional to the country and. Uh, sure. I think it does a really great job. Yeah, I and I have to agree. Um although I haven't been <laughs> I have not yet been to one of his restaurants. Um I have watched his style. I've watched him on you know, uh, on some of the shows that he's done. Um you know, when he's traveled uh through Spain, I think with um with Gwyneth Paltrow, that was an interesting right. kind of concept. Yeah, I thought it was a great concept. Um sure. so Here's here's I'm gonna throw you a curve here. So if you could change careers and then anything else, what would you have been? I really uh really liked acting when I was when I was um when I was younger, around the eighth grade. Um I always I always had a dream of being on Saturday Night Live. Um Really? Uh, yeah, I love I, I I love Saturday Night Live. Um <laughs> It's I, I've always uh, been more or less kind of a comedian growing up, like just uh, with friends and whatnot. And then um, right, I think the uh, the other thing I love is is music. Um, okay. So, um, but I, Saturday Night Live was always was always in the back of my head for sure. Have you have you uh, well music wise? Have you played an instrument before? Are you um, terribly? I <laughs> when I when I was you know in grade school when everyone you know got had a had an instrument they had a pick and you know I chose the trumpet and I think I kind of fake played through it in the in the parades and everything <laughs> and uh, I really wasn't it. good I I was horrible so um, but um, now I think there's um, um, there's a lot of a lot of cool music and I, I kind of like there's some variances of techno and um, like Sergio Roland Spain who who I used to work for for a little while he tries to uh, kind of pair music with food which was a very cool idea he does in the hotel yeah. arts in uh, Barcelona so um, I like that as well. I've been out that way by the way and 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 just so you know um, for your future reference I have a series called Music Meets Wine uh, where oh, I've nice. had on some. 
I've had some cool guys on. I've had Bobcats, Roger Earl. Uh, I'm going to be having some very cool people coming up, just so you know. So you may want to check it out and listen. Very in. cool. Uh, yeah, and and then the comedy thing is kind of interesting because there's a parallel. I used to do uh, improv down here in in, in uh, Miami and, and did a little stand up in New York and tried some in California. But yeah, little some parallels there. Trying to Great. be funny. Uh, you know, if I wasn't doing this, that would be what I'd try to do. Um, but enough about me. Let's talk about me. But anyway, uh, so so what is your favorite dessert? I'm curious. Yours. I mean, not something that you make, you know, at, at, at the restaurant. Something that you just go, you know what? This is my favorite thing to make. It's comfort food, or it's just something I like to do. Um, something, something that, uh, something that my my wife is from Argentina, and um, she, that being said, she introduced me to dulce de leche, and I, I love anything with dulce de leche now. Um, so the uh, when we when we, we met each other in Grand Cayman and uh, there's this one restaurant we used to go to and uh, it was a, a banana tart with uh, it was really simple a banana tart with dulce de leche bananas um, cream um, and it's just beautiful but dulce de leche is rocks my world oh yeah and that, that's pretty cool because I you know and living down here in South Florida uh, you know I'm extremely familiar with that that's something that you know is available just about anywhere. Um, sure. And and most places are, it's actually pretty decent. It's pretty good. You know, you can find it. Uh, you know, um, the average place is good. Um, so, what do you see as a potentially the next trend in cooking? Um, I think some 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 uh, some things are going back to basics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of restaurants kind of. Um, going a little bit more towards that, you know, that you you don't see so much of the foams anymore. Foams are kind of outplayed now, uh, so it's so it's 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 moving a little bit a little bit back. But more, I see everyone, like we said before, going towards more local, trying to uh, get everything local, 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 and organic, and eating more healthy. Uh, so I think I think that's going to be the continuous trend from here on out. Gotcha. Yeah, interesting. And you know, and, and on on that, I'm going to ask a question. Just something I thought of while we're talking about. What do you think of this whole food truck revolution? It's becoming quite big. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I know there's one down in Miami that I heard about um, that I've mm-hmm. been wanting to check out. But I think it's very cool. Uh, we, like here, um, doing molecular gastronomy and stuff, we uh, sous vide cook a lot of um, items, and I hear that a lot of Food trucks are starting to do that, so I, th- I think it's pretty cool. I think it's great. Um, you know, it's uh, one of those um, you know undiscovered territories. So um, you know, stepping up the stepping up the bar, you know, as far as food trucks go. So I think it's cool. Yeah, I was. I, you know, it's funny. I was watching a, a segment on uh, television last night on one of the news shows, and it was pretty amazing how they were saying the level of um, the the cooking. Um, is is really I mean the bar is set pretty high and people are really just exceeding it um, and I guess the cost factor um, it's not that expensive for people to just get involved in it who are right. you know either have been working restaurants and you know then they can kind of go where they want to go and I, I guess with social media um, you know they can, they just have like a instantaneous um, consumer that's that's ready and willing and able and and is there for them. So it's a, I think the combination of the two. I think we're just seeing the genesis of it right now. I think sure. it's really going to take off in the, this year and the next year and so on in in multi, you know nationally, as opposed to just like in different pockets, main cities and so forth. But yeah, I just I was agree. curious what you thought about it. Yeah, that's um, great. So so on that, how do you find the consumer's taste has changed? Over let's say the past ten fifteen years, as you've been a chef 
in that time frame here in the U.S. People's uh, people's tastes have definitely changed. Uh, I think it's getting more more refined. Um, you see, uh, be, before I think there was uh, there was fine dining restaurants and um, you know there's casual restaurants, but there wasn't much in between. Um, I think people now. I don't think it's so much their taste buds are changing. I think they want the great food more in a casual atmosphere. Um, not every, not everyone wants to uh, go and have um, you know this amazing meal and get all dressed up and everything. Um, I think they prefer to have that, but have it casually. Um, I've definitely seen that uh, over the years. A lot more chefs now they're opening they're opening restaurants um, that are a little bit less um, dressy than than what they have. Um, so. Um, I think that's the the main the main curve that's been going on. Yeah, and and um, and you and you're starting to see that um, become very prolific. I think every, just about everywhere. Sure. Um, so so what type of dishes will someone coming to Lascalier expect to find? Give give them just like an um, abbreviated version of the menu, if you will. Just something that they can they can go. Hmm, okay, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds interesting. Sure. One of my one of my favorite dishes on the menu right now is actually a caprese salad, and I put that on the menu because it's one of my favorite things to eat. Every time I go to an Italian restaurant, I always order a caprese salad. So we looked at it and you know decided how can we make a caprese salad um, new again. Uh, so we have these liquid mozzarella spheres, uh, we have basil gelée, and we have what's called tomato seed raviolis. Uh, we've taken okay. We've taken the outer skin of the tomato out, and we've, when you do that, there's these little seed packets in there. And we carefully remove those. And then with all the scraps of the tomato, we blend it and make a tomato water. And that tomato water, it comes down, and we add a, a certain kind of gelatin to it to make a thin sheet. And we put the tomato seed packet down, and we fold it over, and you have a clear uh, tomato seed ravioli. And we've used the entire tomato, so it's the same flavor. Um we also have a balsamic caviar in that dish, basil chips, um, and olive oil gel. So it's really it's really all the components of a caprese, and um, I think it's pretty extraordinary when you when you put the mo- the mozzarella balls in your mouth and they kind of explode. Um, but it's pure mozzarella; it's a, it should taste exactly the way a caprese should taste. It sounds awesome. It definitely sounds awesome. Um, yeah. So, do you find that the consumer that comes into the restaurants that you've worked in are vastly different, meaning, you know, you've worked in many different restaurants over the course of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what are the similarities and then what are the differences, that, you know, the immediate differences? Um, well, there's there was a lot of differences coming into L'Escalier. Uh, L'Escalier, when, when I got here, uh, it, it, there was a very different clientele. Uh, L'Escalier used to be a dual... Um, dual concept. Half of it was uh, brasserie, half of it was L'Escalier. So the brasserie side was the French bistro side. Uh, The L'Escalier side was more traditional French. Uh, So when I came into play here, um, you know, we we definitely changed clientele. We definitely, now we get a lot more foodies coming in. We get people who travel just to eat here and stay at the hotel, literally just for the restaurant. Um, So clientele has uh, definitely, definitely changed. Um, and you know it, it also it also depends uh, where you are regionally um, with your clientele. Um, but here, I, th- I think working at Lascalier, I've seen the biggest change through that whole process uh, with clientele. Right. So, so that you've seen more so in one place than you have in others. Sure, definitely. Okay. I just yeah, think I, I, I would imagine. 
Yeah, just because of the whole concept change, um, it it really it really turned around. So tell everybody that's listening, my my listeners here, where has your profession taken you, travel wise? Where I mean, because I know where you've been, but you know, let them sure. know. Sure. Uh, well, I'm I'm originally from Massachusetts. Uh, that's that's where I grew up. Um, from from there, um, I was in Boston. I was uh, actually lived here in Florida and Miami um, about 13 years ago. Um, uh, from from Miami, went back up north. I was uh, in Providence, Rhode Island, uh, Nantucket, Massachusetts, um, Colorado, Georgia, California, Spain. Um, and then I, I've traveled uh, from Barcelona all the way around, uh, from Portugal all the way around Africa and to Dubai, India, and uh, Oman. So uh, quite quite a quite a big range. But uh, you really got to get out of your shell, Greg. You know, <laughs> like, you don't. You know, you, you really. You know, there's a lot, a big world out there. I don't know if you know of it. You're aware, but you know, there's other places. <laughs> just you know, just letting you know. Sure. Uh, FYI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I still have many more places to go. I mean, I still haven't been, wow, okay. been to Italy and France yet, so those those are the next two on the list. So, and oh, Ar- yeah. I can't forget I can't forget Argentina too. But we uh, we lived in Argentina, and um, so you, you know. And the amazing thing is, you know, you're a young guy. <laughs> that's that's what's amazing. I mean, you're probably in the business. I would say you've been in the business about 15 years. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, about 15 years. Sure. Yeah, and and in that 15 years, imagine. What, where you've been. So I have to say, again, uh, everyone listening, that's pretty impressive. And, and again, you, if you go online to www.thebreakers.com and you, you, know, you click on the restaurants and you click on La Scali and you, and, and you click on just learning about, about uh, Chef Vassos, you'll see. Um, I, mean, I don't know if they, I don't think they list every place you've been, but uh, <laughs> probably just a few places. But it's really, it's really impre- it's impressive. It's impressive, and and I think that really makes you an extremely well-rounded chef in comparison to some of the chefs that are out there that may not have traveled as much. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, I have to to say. Um, So here's a question for you. This is something that I want to know. Is there a dish that you've tried from another chef that you said, man, I wish I came up with that? You don't have to say who the chef is unless you want to, but I just, just out of curiosity, is there one you just said, whoa, I, I wish I came up with that. That was really incredible. Yeah, for for sure. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll mention his name. Uh, Granite Cats and Alinea in Chicago. Uh, we went there on uh, vacation recently, and my dessert was plated on the table right in front of me. So they put a they put a silicone mat down right on the table. Um, a liquid nitrogen piece of mousse came down, and they plated everything on the silicone mat on the table. So the table was the plate. Um, that was that was that was pretty pretty incredible, and that's that's something wow. too you can't recreate. You know, you, that's as a chef you do one of those things, and that's that's your thing. Um, so that's it. That was that I thought was uh, pretty mind blowing. It was pretty cool. Gotcha. And and you and and these are not one trick ponies. I mean, these are people that have more up their sleeve. It's just you happen to be there for that particular dessert, sure. correct? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I I find that amazing. That's the thing. You know, that's the reason why I'll watch. Uh, and Anthony Bourdain, and I'll watch um, the variety of different chefs that go around the world. Reason being is is that uh, unless you've traveled, and I've been lucky enough uh, to have traveled around the world and eaten in some great places, some really fantastic places, but if you haven't, you know, you get to be exposed to 
and introduced to chefs like that who do things of that nature, that and, and, and right. it makes you think to yourself, you know what, um, I'm going to travel. You know, I plan on traveling sometime soon to that locale. Mm-hmm. I can't wait because I'm going to get the chance to to go to this restaurant. So you know, it really opens your mind and and and, and it gives your palate something to uh, let's just say salivate about. It really um, does. Before yeah. you, you know, before you get out there. So sure. yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm glad, and it, it's nice to hear from a chef, a fellow chef. That you know you were impressed by something because there's a lot of them out there, and again, I'm not mentioning any names, but there are some that you know get to a certain stature and a certain level, and, you know, and they're not really that impressed by much, and right. you know, you know, so to hear that there's still something that can impress you, that's really uh, that's really fantastic, and that, and that you give the shout out to that particular chef in Chicago too, you know, so very yeah, nice. The, I mean, the, the most important thing is is to be humble. You know, there's no such there's no such thing as a perfect meal anywhere. What, what might be perfect. Um, to to you, the person next to you could be terrible. Um, of course. So, um, you know, you, you you cook every day, you do the best you can, and you know, you, you hope your guests enjoy it. So, I think you know what it's like, and maybe I think you might agree. You'll tell me if not. Um, it's like art. It's like looking at a work of art, because literally what you do is art. Uh, you know, let, let let's call a spade a spade. What you do is art. Uh, okay. You create things that don't exist <laughs> um, from your own brain. And and then and then use food to to make it. It's almost like a canvas. So having said that, so then it's like some people, like you said, will look at it and say, "Man, that is amazing." I, I not only does it look phenomenal, like I almost don't want to eat it because I don't want to ruin it. Um, I bet you hear that a lot too. People like, "Oh, I don't want to eat it." So some people do. <laughs> Honey, I don't want to eat it because I'll, I'll I'll wreck it. You know, or you know, or you know, and then and then then it tastes even as good or even better than you expected. And I mean that's the amazing goal. Uh and, and when you come you know, when that happens, when you accomplish that, it's gotta be a great feeling to do that on a daily basis, you know, on a regular basis. Uh, I'm I'm very I'm very fortunate. I really I really love what I do. Um I, 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 li- I live and breathe what I do. I uh we we really try to look at um food in Lascalier more than just a meal, just going out to dinner. We want it to be a performance from, from the service staff to the to the back of the house. Um, you know, it really should be a performance, you know, whether you're going to a ballet or anything like that. We really want your dinner to be the same. We want you to leave there and be like, wow, you know, that, w- that was a great experience. You know, we want to come back and um, really that be the main focus of their evening. Um, so that's what, that's what we do our best to um, try to give the customer. And that's great that you liken it to that. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people that um, you know that travel and, mm-hmm. and get a chance to eat, and they don't get that experience or don't feel that way about it. Or they do, but unfortunately, wherever they go, not every place they go, they get that. So right. to know that that's the way you approach it, um, one, is refreshing, and two, is, is great. It really is. And I have to say from my experiences, you know, I'm biased. I love the Scalier. I love... Uh, uh, you know the breakers and all that because it's been they're just a, it's just a great place to go uh, all the way around and you guys I have to say you you really uh, hit the mark when oh, uh, you. you know what oh you know you do you most definitely do I think everyone that goes there gets a chance to go there will really be happy with the experience so um, so then here's my question are there any events chef that are coming up or news that you want to let my listeners know globally about the Scalier? Um, you know, the restaurant, you, uh, things you're doing, projects you're working on, anything. 
Um, as far as far as L'Escalier is concerned, there's, there, we we don't really do any specialty dinners or something. We we'll, we'll be doing a wine dinner, I think, sometime in March. Um, we're working on some wineries um, out there, but it'll be posted on the website. You can check sure. that out and sign it up for there. Um, we'll be pairing food with wine, not wine with food. So it's always right. that's always a very uh, a very good dinner uh, to come to. Um, we're also at L'Escalier uh, have our own garden now, so we've been uh, doing everything organically here, and um, the the garden has been expanding, expanding, expanding. So starting next month, we're going to be doing farm to table dinners. Uh, it'll be once a month. Uh, it'll be a tasting menu um, purely of things made from the garden here on site. That's um, fantastic. So Hopefully by uh, next year will be self-sustainable um, as as the garden grows. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Um, wow. Other than that, we have in a couple of weeks the the, the menu uh, is changing. We'll be going into our winter menu. Um, so if you if your listeners who've uh, already come in, um, it'd be another great time to come in and have a brand new experience. Um, so that's and that's pretty much it. Sure. No. No. That's great because uh, again. Um, each time someone experiences a restaurant like yours, it's nice to know that it, you know it can be a different experience. And, and you know, and, and that begs the question: so, how often do you change up the menu? Just out of curiosity. Well, the, for for those that don't know, the, the menu changes seasonally. Um, at at the moment, we are we're, we we're closed for the four months of summer. So the four months of summer, I'm in the kitchen. It's more laboratory like, um, creating these different ideas and these dishes. It's um, it's a very long process, um, and then after they're nailed down, we you know we do a vigorous uh, wine pairing uh, with Virginia. So um, after that, when we go into season, it really changes seasonally. So the fall menu through Christmas is pretty much the same, and then after Christmas, I go into winter menu, um, and then you know we go into our spring menu. So uh, this, it doesn't mean we change the entire menu. We probably change uh, a third to maybe half of the menu each time. Right. So there, there is some staples there, some definitely key signature dishes of mine that I like to keep on and that I know guests like. So um, the, people can come back and have, this, have the same thing, um, usually if they want. Um, but at the same time, they can also come back and have a new, ex, a new experience because um, at the same time, you're kind of like your, your own devil's advocate. When people come in the right. first time, it's very easy to give the wow factor. But when they come back, what what are you going to do to do to do it to them again? So sure, and you want and you want to do whatever it is to keep them coming naturally. You know because you know there's no secret that out there there's you know there's many restaurants that are on you know uh, on on their top game, and um, you know that people can choose from. And you and and you want to make sure that they come back to you and choose you again. Um, when they're in in their locale or in sure. close to where you are, so I, just if if you will, just give me typically what let's say a winter would be like versus uh you know like spring, like what what would be a different dish for those particular times of year? Um, right, right for spring right now, we're already starting to look at spring dishes. We 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 start looking at these things months in advance. Um, right now, we're trying to we're trying to work with watermelon right now. And mm-hmm. to actually make watermelon look like prosciutto, so we want to make a, a watermelon salad. But when it sits down in front of you, we want it to look like a prosciutto salad. So when you cut open a watermelon, it, when you look at it, it's it's pink. Sometimes it's right. kind of marbled because of the white veins that run through it, and then you have the white sure. rind on the outside. 
So we look at that and we think, well, if we slice this really thin and try to dehydrate it in one of our dehydrators that we have, you know, can we can it look like prosciutto? And we, we, we've started that whole kind of process in looking at that, um, and it actually looks like prosciutto. And, the, and being semi-dehydrated, it also concentrates a lot of flavor. So we can take something like, something like that um, for summer and um, right. really try to really try to uh, give the wow factor. And we're starting to look at some more um, ingredients to put with it without getting uh, overcomplicated. There might be some garden vegetables we'll be looking at in the spring to pair with that. But right now, sure. the base of the dish we're just we're trying to perfect perfect that. Um, versus right now in the, our, our winter menus, you know, we're looking at um, you know some braised items and things uh, things of that nature. So uh, during the spring, we'll get into more lighter fare, um, you know, combining English peas and things like that. So I really appreciate the fact that you give us that kind of um, insight as to how you do what you do and you know what you you know, put together, um, because again, you know, some, some chefs might not go that route, you know, they may be a little bit more close to the vest as to, but I mean, I, it's wonderful that you, you know, kind of give us a little insight into as to what you're looking to do for, uh, the patrons and what type of food you're putting together. Hey, um, I guess the question for you is, um, is there like, I know that, so you drink wine, of course, right? Sure. Yep. With your meals. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if one was to come to your house, uh, and I'm not telling everybody to get you know get in the car right now. But if one was to come to your house, what you know what wine collection? What would they find? Um, my, my wine collection at the moment is really is a lot of a lot of bottles that have been uh, gifted to me. Um, I I love Pinot Noir, um, so you'll definitely okay. find Pinot Noir at my house. Um, that's I, that, that's the main thing I would say. Um, um, but yeah, since I met my since I met my wife, the, the, my my favorite wine now, really favorite wine is Malbec. So, sure. Um, it's 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 bold, it's peppery. Um, I, I I love I love it. It's um, so um, anytime we go out or go to a friend's house, um, I'd say ninety nine percent of the time we're going to have a bottle of Malbec on us. Gotcha. Well. Boy, I tell you, the hour has gone by so quick. I really, really appreciate it. I want to first thank you. I don't know. For thank you, please. Tonight. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, you, you, you're a gentleman and a scholar, and uh, I really appreciate all the questions that you, you've answered. And you, you, know, you really gave us a great insight as to you know, what people can expect when they come to L'Escalier. And um, I want to thank you. And most definitely, we look to have you on the show again. And I'm going to have your counterpart, Virginia, on uh, right. in a week or so, so uh, we'll get a chance to talk about Lascalier. We'll talk about you and uh, and food and wine and everything else again. So thanks Great. so much, Jeff. Well, really, really, on. thank you. It was really, it was really a pleasure being on the show, and uh, I thank you to all your listeners uh, for listening. And um, I, I hope to see them all down here. And please say hello. Um, it was it was a real pleasure being on the show. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you again, Chef, and have a great evening. You too, and happy New Year. Happy New Year. Take care. All right, sir. Ciao. So that was Chef Greg Vasos of L'Escalier at the historical The Breakers Hotel. I want to thank everybody. Uh, it's a show for tonight. I want to thank everyone who listened in, who emailed in, who tweeted their questions. I especially want to thank Chef Greg Vasos for coming on and telling us about his amazing career, The Breakers, 
the Lascalier restaurant, his menu, his everything. Uh, it was really it was fascinating. As always, if you have any questions about the show, you can email them to info at stewthewineguru.com or you can go to my website as well at www.stewthewineguru.com and click on the link for all my wine articles, videos, and listen to archived wine talk shows. In fact, you'll be able to listen to this one within the next 24 hours by clicking on Chef Greg Vasso's picture on the website. It'll take you right to the player. Um, you can also tweet me questions anytime on Twitter to @stewthewineguru uh, for me or my guests, and I'll get you answers. As I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stew the Wine Guru. Drink up, good night, and good wine. And thank everyone in the chat room for participating and being there and listening in and enjoying the show. Thank you again. Everyone have a great evening. Now on Blog Talk Radio. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.